It's the Frontline Theater. Today, starring Humphrey Bogart, Mary Astor, Sidney Greenstreet, and Peter Lorre. And as our extra special guests of honor, Paul Whiteman and his orchestra. This is Ken Niles to welcome you once again to the Frontline Theater. Brought to you men in the armed forces of the United Nations by the Special Service Division of the War Department. This is your theater, and every performance in it is presented especially for you, the men fighting with the United Nations on freedom's front line. Today we present a radio adaptation of the thrilling and fast-moving detective story, The Maltese Falcon. It stars Humphrey Bogart as private detective Sam Spade, Mary Astor as Miss Wonderly, Sidney Greenstreet as Casper Gutman, and Peter Lorre as Joel Cairo. This is the story of the Maltese Falcon and of the people whose lives it touched and seared. It began in San Francisco when a beautiful young woman who identified herself as Miss Wonderly walked into the offices of Spade and Archer, private detectives. Miss Wonderly had just told Sam Spade why she wished to engage detectives when Spade's partner, Miles Archer, entered the office. Oh, excuse me, Sam. No, it's all right, Miles. Come in. Miss Wendley, this is Miles Archer, my partner. How do you do? Oh, I'm pleased to meet you. Miss Wendley's sister ran away from New York with a fellow named Floyd Thursby. They're here in San Francisco. Miss Wendley has seen Thursby and has a date with him tonight. Maybe he'll bring the sister with him. The chances are he won't. Miss Wendley wants us to find the sister, get her away from Thursby, and back home. But I want you to know that he's a dangerous man. I don't think he'd stop at anything. I don't believe he'd hesitate to kill Corinne, my sister, if he thought it would save him. Uh-huh. What time is he coming to see you, Miss Wonderly? After 8 o'clock. All right, Miss Wonderly, we'll have a man there. Well, I'll look after it myself. Thank you, Mr. Archer. Will uh, $200 be enough for a retainer? Well, plenty. Oh, it'll help if you meet Thursby in your hotel lobby, Miss Wonderly. I will. Thank you again. Goodbye. Well, Archer, what do you think of her? Sweet. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy shadowing her. Okay, sucker. You call me if you run into any trouble. Hello? Yes, this is Spade. This is Lieutenant Dundee, Spade. Well, what's on your mind, copper? Uh, don't you mind be interested in knowing that your partner, Archie, was found in an alley near the St. Mark, shot through the heart from close range. Blast burnt his coat. Come down for a look at him before he's moved? No. You've seen everything I could. His gun was tucked away on his hip. It hadn't been fired. His overcoat was buttoned. Was he working, Sam? Well? He was supposed to be tailing a fellow named Floyd Thursby. What for? Now, now, don't crowd me. I'll see you after I break the news to Archer's wife. I'll be there in a couple of hours. <laughs> Copper, come on in. Break the news to Archer's wife, Sam? Uh huh. What kind of a gun do you carry? None. I don't like them much. You don't just happen to have one on you. Search me. Turn the dump upside down if you want to. I won't squawk if you got a search warrant. Why were you tailing Floyd Thursby, Sam? I wasn't. Archer was. For the swell reason that we had a client who was paying good money to have him tailed. Who's the client? 
Sorry, I can't tell you that. You didn't go to Archer's house to tell his wife. I called up and the girl from your office was there and she said you told her to go. What are you leading up to? Just this, Spade. Floyd Thursby was shot down in front of his hotel about a half an hour after I talked to you. Oh. I came into my apartment just a few minutes ahead of you. I was walking around thinking things over. I knew you weren't here. I tried to get you on the phone. Where'd you walk to? Just around. Thursby die? Yeah. How'd I kill him? I forget. He was shot four times in the back. Hotel people know anything about him? Nothing. Except he'd been there a week. Alone? Alone. You find out who he was? What his game was? No, I thought you could tell me that. <laughs> I've never seen Thursby dead or alive. Now, look, Spade. You know me. If you did get Thursby, you'll get a square deal from me. And most of the breaks. I don't know that I'd blame you a lot. Man that kills your partner. But that wouldn't keep me from nailing you. That's fair enough. Now, would you mind scramming? I got some thinking to do, and I'd like to get a little sleep before daylight. Hello? Yeah, this is Sam Spade. Oh, I was just going to call you. Where are you? Well, the Coronet on California Street, apartment 101. What's that? The name's Miss LeBlanc. Okay, I'll I'll be right out. Oh, good morning. Come in, Mr. Spade. Mr. Spade, I have a terrible, terrible confession to make. That uh, that story I told you yesterday was all just a story. <laughs> oh, that. Well, uh <laughs> We didn't exactly believe your story, Miss... Uh, your name Wonderly or LeBlanc? It's really O'Shaughnessy, Bridget O'Shaughnessy. Oh. Well, Miss O'Shaughnessy, as I said, we, we didn't exactly believe your story. We believed your $200. Oh? Yes, you see, you paid us too much to be telling the truth. You knew that when you accepted the money? Oh, I suspected it. I was positive when Joel Cairo called on me. Joel Cairo? Yeah. Yeah, he seems interested in Floyd Thursby, too. What did he say? About what? About me? Nothing. Well, what did he talk about? Well, he offered me $5,000 for a black statuette of a bird. He was pretty sure I had it or knew where it was. Do you? Oh, I think I know someone who does, and $5,000 is a lot of money. But right now, the police are trying to find out who hired us to tail Floyd Thursby. Mr. Spade, do they know about me? No, I don't think they do. I've been able to stall them so far. Must they know about me at all, Mr. Spade? Couldn't you manage somehow to shield me from them? Maybe. But I'll have to know what it's all about. I can't tell you now. Later I will, when, when I can. You must trust me, Mr. Spade. Oh, I, I'm so alone and afraid. I've got nobody to help me if you won't help me. Be generous, Mr. Spade. You're strong. You're brave. You can spare me some of that strength and courage, surely. <laughs> Sister, you don't need much of anybody's help. You're good. Chiefly your eyes, I think, and that throb you get in your voice when you say things like, Be generous, Mr. Spade. All right. I deserve that. But the lie was in the way I said it, and not at all in what I said. Ah, now you are dangerous. Still, Cairo offered me $5,000. It's 
far more than I could ever offer you if I must bid for your life. <laughs> yeah, that's good coming from you. Have you given me any of your confidence, any of the truth? I can't go ahead without more confidence in you than I have now. Can't you trust me just a little while? Well, how much is a little? And what are you waiting for? I must talk to Joe Cairo. Oh. Well, you can see him tonight. I know where to reach him. Oh, he can't come here. I can't let him know where I am. I'm, I'm afraid. We'll all meet at my place, then. All right. I'm delighted to see you again, Mr. Shaughnessy. I was sure you would be, Joe. Mr. Spade told me about your offer for the Maltese Falcon. How soon can you have the money ready? Oh, it is ready. You are ready to give us $5,000 if we turn the Falcon over to you? I shall be able to give you the money as soon as uh, the bank opens in the morning. But I haven't got the Falcon. Then why did you send for me? Because I'll have it in another week. Yes? Where is it? Where Floyd hid it. Thursby? Of course. If you know where he hid it, why, why must we wait a week? And why are you willing to sell it to me? I'm afraid. After what happened to Floyd... I'm afraid to touch it except to turn it over to somebody else right away. Exactly what did happen to Floyd? The fat man. Gutman? Is he here? I don't know. I suppose so. Uh, if you two let me interrupt for a second, I can answer that. Gutman is here. How do you know? Because he called me and asked me to see him. Have you? Not yet. I thought that after our friend Cairo here left, I'd find out just how you and I stand before I took on any more clients. anything about you, but you're such a liar. I am a liar. I've always been a liar. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't brag about it. Was there any truth at all in that yarn you were telling me about Thursby and the Falcon? Some. Not very much. Well, we've got all night before us. Oh, I'm, I'm so tired. So tired of lying and thinking up lies and not knowing what is a lie and what is the truth. I wish... Now, look, honey. I think I'd better have a talk with Gutman in the morning. And now, Mr. Gutman, shall we talk about the falcon? No. By all means, Mr. Spade. But first, uh, answer me a question. Are you here as Mrs. O'Shaughnessy's representative? Well, there's nothing certain about it either way yet. It depends. Maybe it depends on Joel Cairo? Maybe. The question then, Mr. Spade, is which you'll represent. It will be Mr. O'Shaughnessy or Mr. Cairo. I didn't say so. Who else is there? There's me. <laughs> oh, well, that's wonderful, sir, wonderful. I do like a man who tells you right out he's looking out for himself. Don't we all? Uh-huh. Now let's talk about the Blackbird. That's Mr. Spade. Have you any conception of how much money can be got out of that blackbird? No, but you just tell me what it is, and I'll figure out the profits. You mean you don't know what that bird is? Well, I know it's black enamel and about a foot high, and I know the value in human life you people put on it. Mr. O'Shaughnessy didn't tell you what it is? He offered and me Cairo ten... didn't either? He offered me 10000 for it. Do either of them know what that bird is, sir? What is your impression? Well, there's not much to go by, but uh, I don't think so. 
If they don't know, I'm the only one in the whole wide sweet world who does. Good. And when you tell me, there'll be two of us. <laughs> Mathematically correct, sir. But I don't know for certain that I'm going to tell you. Well, you think again and think fast. You'll do your talking today or you're through. What are you wasting my time for? I can get along without you. That remains to be seen, Mr. Spade. That away. And there's another thing. Keep that gunman of yours away from me while you're making up your mind or I'll kill him. <laughs> well, sir, I must say you have a very violent temper. Think it over. You've got till 5.30. Then you're either in or out for keeps. Wilma. I'm going to kill that guy. I could have done it easy when he was standing there with his back to me. Of course you could, my boy. But business before pleasure. And we'll be seeing Mr. Spade again before 5.30. (laughs) And that was Act One of The Maltese Falcon, starring Humphrey Bogart, Mary Astor, Sidney Greenstreet, and Peter Lorre. They'll be back again in just a few minutes with the second act. But right now, it's intermission time and headline time in the Frontline Theater. Paul Whiteman and his orchestra are taking their places on our stage. They're going to play a number for you they introduced way back in the 1920s. It was a tremendous hit at their first performance, and since then, it has become famous throughout the world. George Gershwin wrote it, The Rhapsody in Blue. So let's listen now to the original Paul Whiteman interpretation featuring Roy Bargy at the piano. George Gershwin's masterpiece, The Rhapsody in Blue.
Thank you, Paul Whiteman, and thanks to all the men in your orchestra, especially Roy Bargy for that swell job on the piano. And now the curtain rises on the second act of The Maltese Falcon, starring Humphrey Bogart as Sam Spade, Mary Astor as Bridget O'Shaughnessy, Sidney Greenstreet as Casper Gutman, the fat man, and Peter Laurie as Joel Cairo. Late in the afternoon, following Sam Spade's visit to Gutman's apartment, a dying man staggered into Spade's office and collapsed on the floor. He died before he could speak to Detective Spade, but his papers identified him as Captain Rockaby of the steamship La Paloma, and clasped to his bullet-torn chest was the Maltese Falcon. After depositing the Falcon in a railroad station check room and mailing the identification check to his private post office box, Sam met Bridget O'Shaughnessy and took her to his apartment. You know, Sam, I never would have placed myself in this position if I hadn't trusted you completely. Oh, that again? But you know that's so. Uh, you don't have to trust me as long as you can persuade me to trust you. But, Sam, darling... Oh, well, I think we'd better let it go at that until we see what happens after Gutman gets here. The fat man? Here? Certainly, why not? Uh, anyway, that should be him. So it's too late to change our plans. I'll be right back. Oh, hello, Gutman. Good evening, sir. I see you brought company. I can understand the gunman, but I didn't know Cairo was a friend of yours. No, <laughs> we're old acquaintances. Now that we're all here, let's go in and sit down and be comfortable and talk. Oh, sure. Come on in. Now, look, Angel. Gutman brought a couple of friends along. Good evening, Mr. Charnity. Hello, Joe. You look unusually charming this evening, my dear. Thanks. The uh, gunsel doesn't talk, Angel. Get away from me, punk. Stand still and shut up. Listen, you're not going to frisk me, touch me, and I'm going to make you use that gun. Ask your boss if he wants me shut up before we talk. Never mind, Wilma. <laughs> you're certainly a most headstrong and unpredictable individual, Mr. Spade. Now, why did you send for me? You ready to make the first payment and take the falcon off my hands? The falcon? That's right, Angel. I've got it. Well, sir, I have in this envelope $10,000. $10,000? Oh, we were talking about more money than that. Yes, sir, we were, but there are more of us to be taken care of now. <laughs> well, that may be, but I've got the falcon. I shouldn't think it would be necessary to remind you, Mr. Spade, that uh, though you may have the falcon, yet we certainly have you. Yes, I'm trying not to let that worry me, but uh, let the money wait. There's another thing to be taken care of first. We've got to have a fall guy. I beg your pardon? Police have got to have a victim, somebody they can stick for those three murders. Two, two. Only two murders, Mr. Spade. Thursby undoubtedly killed your partner. All right, all right, two then. Now, the point I've got to give the police, a victim when the time comes. If I don't, I'll be it. Uh, let's give him, uh, let's give him Wilmer here. Why, you dirty He rats. actually did shoot Thursby and Jacoby, didn't he? Anyway, he's made to order for the part. Let's turn him over to them. <laughs> By God, so you are a character, that you are. <laughs> There's ever, never any telling what you'll say or do next, except that it's bound to be something astonishing. Well, it's our best bet. With him in their hands, the police will forget the rest of us. Your plan is not at all practical, sir. Let's not say anything more about it. All right. I have another suggestion. Let's give him Cairo. Well, by God, sir. Suppose we give him you, Mr. Spade, or, or Mr. Shaughnessy. How about that, huh? Sam, you wouldn't. You people want the fork, and I've got it. A fall guy is part of the price I'm insisting on. You seem to forget you're not in a position to insist on anything. No? If you kill me, how are you going to get the falcon? Thank God, sir. You are a character. <laughs> well? Uh, what else can I do? I'm sorry, Wilma. Terribly sorry. I want you to know that I couldn't be any fonder of you if you were my own son. But, well, you lose a son, it's possible to get another. 
And there's only one malty falcon. You rat, I'll kill you for this. Thank you, Mr. Spade. When you're as young as Wilma, one simply doesn't understand these things. <laughs> now, how about some coffee, Bridget? Put the pot on, will you? I don't like to leave my guests. Surely. Anything to get out of here. Now, sir, let's get down to business. I ought to have more than 10000 Of course, sir, you understand this is the first payment. You still don't understand the falcon's worth. Well, a black enamel bird can't be worth millions. But it is. Otherwise, I should not have spent 17 years of my life trying to uh, acquire it. The black enamel you refer to, sir, is merely camouflage, covering a solid gold bird encrusted from head to foot with the finest jewels. Okay. So I get millions later. How's about 15000 now? Frankly and candidly, and on my word of honor as a gentleman, 10000 I gave you is all the money I can raise right now. Yeah, but you didn't say positively. <laughs> positively. <laughs> well, if that's the best you can do, it's the best you can do. But it's understood the punk has to stand as the fall guy. That is part of our agreement, sir. Okay, I'll make a phone call. The falcon will be here in an hour. <laughs> Not the Maltese falcon. This is a lead imitation covered with the same enamel. See where I've shaved it off with a knife lead. Pure lead. You bungled it. You, Gutman, you and your stupid attempt to buy it from the Russian who owned it. He caught on to how valuable it was. No wonder we had so little trouble stealing it. You, you imbecile, you, you bloated idiot. Well, sir, what do you suggest? Shall we stand here and shed tears and call each other names? Hmm. Or shall we pay the Russian another call in Istanbul? Uh, are you going? Seventeen years I've wanted that little item, and I intend to get it. Another year? Well, sir, that will be an additional expenditure of time on only five and fifteen seventeenths percent. <laughs> I go with you. Good. And Wilma? Wilma, where? Where is the boy? He must have had made his getaway while we were unwrapping the fog. A swell lot of thieves. Well, sir? I left to ask you to return my 10000 I held up my end. It's your hard luck, not mine, if you didn't get what you wanted. I'm sorry, but I must insist. Oh, a hideout gun, huh? Okay. Thank you, sir. The shortest farewells are the best. Adieu. And to you, Miss O'Shaughnessy, I leave the fake falcon, falcon as a little memento. <laughs> Come, girl. Hello, police department. Lieutenant Dundee there, put him on. Tell him Sam Spade's calling. Now look, Angel. Gutman and Cairo will talk when the cops nail them about us. We've only got minutes to get set for the police. Now give me your whole story fast. Well, where... Where shall I begin? Uh, the day you first came to my office. Why did you want Thursby shadowed? I, I suspected him of betraying me to Gutman, and I wanted to find That's out. That's a lie. Gutman tried to make a deal with him. You had Thursby hooked, and you knew it. You wanted to get him out of the way before Captain Jacoby arrived with a falcon. Isn't that so? What was your scheme? I thought if he saw someone following him, he might be frightened into going away. Now look, Archer hadn't many brains, but he wasn't clumsy enough to be spotted the first night. You must have told Thursby he was being followed. I told him. Yes. But please believe me, Sam. I wouldn't have told him if I'd thought Floyd would kill him. If you thought he wouldn't kill Archie, you were right, Angel. 
didn't he? Arch had been a detective too long to be caught shadowing a man up a blind alley with his gun tucked away in his hip and his overcoat button. But he'd have gone up there with you, Angel. He was just dumb enough for that. Damn. And then you could have stood as close to him as you liked there in the dark. Put a hole through him with a gun you'd gotten from Thursday that evening. Don't, don't talk to me like that, Sam. You know I didn't. Now, the police will be blowing in any minute now, Angel. Talk. Oh, why do you accuse me of such a terrible... Why did you shoot Archer? I thought Thursby would tackle him and one or the other would go down. If Thursby was killed, then you were rid of him. If it was Archer, then you could see that Thursby was caught. Was that it? Something. And when you find out that Thursby didn't mean to tackle Archer, you borrowed the gun and did it yourself, right? I guess so. I know so. You didn't know Gutman was here looking for you until you learned Thursby was shot. Then you needed another protector. So you came back to me. Yes, but... Oh, sweetheart, it wasn't only that. I, I would have come back to you sooner or later. From the very first instant I saw you, I knew this. Oh, you angel. Well, if you get a good break, you'll be out of San Quentin in 20 years. Sam, you're not... Yes, angel. I'm going to send you over. But if they hang you, I'll always remember you. Don't, Sam. Don't say that. Even in fun. It's not fun. I happen to be in the detective business, and you killed my partner. It's bad business to let the killer get away with it. Bad for every detective in this country. You're taking the fall. You've been playing with me, only pretending you cared to trap me like this. You didn't care at all. You don't love me. Uh, I... I think I do. But what of it? I won't play the sap for you. No, it's not like that. You can't say that. I am saying it. You know down deep in your heart, you know that in spite of everything I've done, I love you. I don't care who loves who. You killed Archer. You're going over for it. Come in. Oh, hello, copper. Hello, Sam. You get Gutman and Cairo? We got Cairo. Gutman's dead. Kid Wilmer had just finished shooting him when we got there. I ought to have expected that. You better put the cuffs on Angel, Copper. We're taking her down to the station. What charge? Damn. Murder. She shot Miles Archer. Oh, and you better bring that blackbird along, too, Copper. It's part of the evidence against Cairo. Hey, this is heavy. What's it made of? The uh, stuff that dreams are made of. <laughs> curtain has fallen on today's frontline theater play, The Maltese Falcon, starring Humphrey Bogart, Mary Astor, Sidney Greenstreet, and Peter Lorre. But there are more plays coming, radio versions of smash hit comedies, dramas, musicals, and mysteries, and with the top stars of stage and screen to appear in them. So keep on listening, won't you? This Frontline Theater play was presented especially for you men in the armed forces of the United Nations by the Special Service Division of the War Department of the United States of America.
There's no community like a Cenex community. And that's why every Cenex store is so proud to serve theirs by supporting local athletic teams, promoting the arts, and making sure each store is a place its neighbors can find what they need, catch up with their friends, and stay connected. It's also why we give back, helping to make the wonderful places we call home the best they can be. Your local Cenex doesn't just work in your town, it lives there. The store next door, powered locally at Cenex. Cenex.